Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERSKYTALKERS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, you can find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this very special interview, another one that we have for you guys today. I know. I'm so excited. We had another opportunity to go to one of these fan roundtables that Lucasfilm puts on, and this one is with Gwendolyn Yo, who is the voice of Nala Say, and also Kato Parasiti in The Clone Wars, as well as other voices in The Clone Wars as well. And so she's been around Star Wars animation for a while, and it was great to talk to her. And I don't know. I'm really excited to see what we're going to learn about Nala Say really soon. I can't wait. Yeah, you know, honestly, I did not know Gwendolyn Yo. She wasn't a name that I knew. And when we were doing uh, research and prep for this interview, I found out a lot about her. And yeah, she's been around. She's done a ton of voice acting work and also a ton of uh, like live action work, too. So she's been in a lot of really cool stuff. And I think one of the things that's really cool about this character, Nala Say, is You know, I think when we think about Star Wars animation, we think about a lot of like main characters and how long they've been playing that character, you know, like uh, like Matt Lantner and Ashley Eckstein and, um, you know, like Vanessa uh, Marshall. They've been playing these characters for a really long time. But there are also a lot of like really prevalent side characters that have been played by the same actors for also like that same amount of time. And Gwendolyn Yeo is just one example of that. She's been playing Nalise for over 10 years now, which is kind of incredible. And so it was really fascinating to hear her experience behind the mic with Nalise and kind of some of the changes in direction that she was given from uh, like the writing team and the production when it came to portraying Nalise in The Bad Batch as opposed to how she was portrayed in The Clone Wars. Yeah. And not only that, she was just really funny and had a lot of great stories. And while our time with her was quite short, I got to ask one question. Just really enjoyed talking with her and hearing from her. And I feel like I could have heard from her like all day. So I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. And I know Caitlin and I had a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy this audio too. In the show notes, I'll put the names of the fan sites and podcasts that ask questions as well. All right. So without further ado, here is the roundtable interview with Gwendolyn Yo. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Hello, this is uh, James Manning from Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, nice to see you and get a chance to talk. I wanted to ask you, uh, we've had the opportunity to speak with many Star Wars voice actors in the past, and I was curious how Bad Batch might be different 
and how much you know about the scripts and stories ahead of time before you record the lines. And just a quick one, in your opinion, is it Kaminoans or Kaminoans? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't want to get bad fan mail. <laughs> I say Kaminoans, that's how Dave Filoni pronounces it. Oh, okay. He changed his mind, I don't know, but I say Kaminoans, it could be tomato, tomato, mm-hmm. but I pronounce it Kaminoans. But I don't want, but I don't want a Wookiee to show up at my door and kill me. So it's a Kaminoans. Gotcha. Um, so it was sort of a three-parter question, right? Why the Bad Batch? And um, when there's so many other cool things in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so was that your first question? Uh, well, yeah, just how it, how, how, why is it different? Like, how much do you know about the scripts and everything uh, ahead of time, right. as compared maybe to other projects you've worked on? In the Star Wars universe or in general? Um, it, uh, both, actually. Yeah, sure. Um, I would say, you know, you know, with, with Clone Wars, um, you know, it was, you know, I had played Nala Se for so long and other characters as well, um, that she, you know, had created this army. So she was definitely sort of, um, sort of internally intense, um, but pretty cold. So, um, so I would say that in terms of the overall arc and how she would be the, you know, the team, you know, Jennifer Corbett and, and Dave Filoni and, and Brad Rao and the rest of the team, they did come to me and say, Hey, you know, we would love, you know, for you to do Nala Say, but here, here's, here's the twist is that we, we see more of a maternal side to her, more of a, more of a vulnerability to her, which for me was, um, but also really like, but <laughs> really cool. Um, and so, um, and uh, in terms of the actual scripts, you know, coming in, absolutely not. Like we, we would get them sort of week to week, but in mm-hmm. terms of the overall sense of what her arc would be, um, I, I knew that was the way it was going to go. Um, but they, they pretty much do keep, um, um, you know, it's like bringing to the Pentagon trying to get um, <laughs> <laughs> scripts. Um, um, I don't even trust me with the script. No, I do. I do. But um, so, yeah, I, you know, and, you know, I think, I think it's very different playing, um, you know, when dealing with Star Wars universe, everyone is so meticulous. And I think now with, you know, with, you know, with action movies and things exploding and, and all of that, people seem to forget story, good, mm-hmm. really good storytelling and really good character development. But some of the best series, you know, even Breaking Bad, I mean, and so, I mean, it's out of left field, but, you know, sort of, you know, what pushes the story forward. And I think that, um, you know, down to George Lucas, who, you know, who, who is meticulous and, and oversees these things um, is, is, uh, is incredible. So I think when you're dealing with such high level um, people who are so meticulous about what they do, um, it's, it's just such a pleasure. So I treat it like I'm shooting a movie usually, um, like, like I'm doing it in, in extreme close-up um, because the material is just that good. So um, with the Bad Batch in particular, um, you know, I, we sort of had a sense of how many episodes there would be. You know, I knew you'd be working with, with Dee Baker is a good friend, Bob Bergen is a good friend, and Michelle was amazing. We also um, had just met. So it, it was, it was, I mean, you don't say, you just don't say no to Star Wars. You can reschedule, you can work around schedules, but you kind of don't say no. 
Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. I like that a lot. And thanks for answering that long question of the Kaminoan pronunciation. <laughs> no, now I want to know. Now I'm totally nerding out. I'm like, Kaminoan. Yeah. Kaminoan. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so a lot of vowels. I say Kaminoan. So. Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. I have the next question, Trisha Barr from Fangirl Blog and Fangirl's Going Rogue podcast. And speaking of Kaminoans, how does the physicality of the character play into your vocal performance? And you've also played a Claudite and a Gungan previously. Maybe you can tell us how those different things shake it up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love you for asking. Um, I think when I first uh, saw a picture of her with the lines, um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, um, and I'm sure you've heard this from other voice actors and, you know, I, you know, I do, I do definitely do both on camera and, and, and VO and all that, but I don't, with VO, I, I am in a stance that there is a full body and some more than others. And I think with Nala Say, just her being so tall and, um, just over the little arms and, um, and her little lips, I, I can't, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but, but. I can't explain it, but there was just an immediate stoicism and erect spine, the little lips, you know, uh, um, and an, an internal sense. And I spoke to Dave about it in terms of, you know, how much regality, how much power. And so it was, a, I, you know, I, I started talking like this, you know, sort of without moving her lips at all, because it's like, how do you, it's almost like she was fully Botoxed. And it's like, how do you absolutely come out with something like this and I thought maybe too to be too stereotypical if she had a British accent you know um and maybe not I'm just kidding but and then so we just I sort of backed off and we sort of found this formality and then as I was doing it I started doing this with my hand so it's just sort of like listen this is how I the phrasing start to change so um so it, it, it very much is um was was so much part of that that vocal performance that it was all the physical led to the to to the to the to the verbal of it. So thank you for asking that. You know, with the Gungans, you know, I'm from Singapore originally. So when I first came here, you thought like this la, you know, yeah la, no la. So um, and I'm Dave was like making fun of me, and he was like not making fun of me, but he was saying, hey, you're from Singapore, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, give me a little taste, and so um, you know, and I. Listen, I know Gungans might not be the, the big fan favorite, but, you know, I love myself some, you know, some Gungan action. And so with the floppy ears and so, yeah, la, so I thought like from Singapore, la, so that's why she was like, you know, Misa, you so thinks that I come here. And so I think just I thought about the floppy ears and sort of like the Singapore way, la, like kind of like more of like a relaxed way of speaking, like kind of like, what's up? And um, don't quote me on that. But um, kind of that was that was sort of a, of a more of a, an innocence. So I had big eyes sort of with that. And um, do not make any Asian jokes. Only I can make that joke. So anyways, um, with Kato Perro City, I think it was more neck it, as a bounty hunter. Just sort of, listen, I, it, it was just, I can't explain it. It was just very neck-like, very slithery. And it's like, listen, I believe that. So I don't know. I just sort of, you just instinctively find it. And then sometimes the directors will, you know, like with Dave and Jen and, 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 and Brad, like they'll be your boobies in a way and they might push you a little bit or they, and then your body just kind of like follows suit or, or vice versa. Let's answer your question. Hi, I'm George Bate with Star Wars Holocron. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Um, 
my question kind of spawns from the last two questions in, in regards to what you're talking about with your performances. Now, let's say I'm mm-hmm. curious how you approach the character in the Bad Batch compared to the Clone Wars, where she kind of felt more like a, an ominous, villainous presence as opposed to the kind of maternal-esque figure we're seeing now. Yeah, you know, yeah, I would say she, it's interesting you said om- ominous and villainous. I mean, it's it's so interesting how every audience, you know, would, would take her when she was so internal. But, and I love that that's what you got from her, that less, less is so much more. I think that's what we had spoken about. Um, I don't know if that's, but I don't think that that was like thrown out the window per se in terms of her stoicism or power. I think um, I think there's an additive or a, or, or a, a, just sort of like a a slight opening into um, her really really investing and really caring about uh, what she created. So whether that's interpreted as protective or um, territorial or maternal, I think you know that's up for the audience to decide. But all those words kind of came through my my head I think I think there was some trepidation playing in that because as a Kaminoan or a Kaminoan as James uh, insists it, it goes just kidding um that that you know I wanted to be able to still stay within the the the, the Kaminoan way of species like you can't tell me like you know listen you know you 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 can't get off species so literally it was we did multiple takes we were talking about it and it was literally like two degrees to the right and two degrees to the left and you know even in skateboarding or pool or or snowboarding or or what have you or gymnastics even the slightest shift can make a huge difference so literally I think it was like and so um I'm such a nerd it's like and and sort of sort of the back and forth, and so we we tried different things. We, we, they they plugged in different different things. The animators came back. You know, we looked at different ways. So, um, but really, the, the the performance was 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 very 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 internal. Um, and I could feel that 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 tensity because she's still you can't lose that power and stoicism and. Um, you know, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of, um, how, how would you define ominous? What do you mean by ominous? Maybe like imposing or, or kind of, like you said, even with those subtleties, it seems like, um, like little changes in your performance really come through and you see this like protective angle that I feel as if we didn't really get exposed to previously. So no, I thought that was really cool. Thank you. No, thanks. And I, I think it helps to be 80 feet tall however tall she is um in terms of just being ominous I don't know but yeah I think with her it's it's just it's really scary when people are that reined in so James Burns from from Jedi News here uh thank you for taking the time to talk to us Gwendolyn um you've you've done so much in your career I mean you've been in so many tv shows not just as a voice actor, but as, as an actress in your own right. So where does Star Wars fit into this for you? What does Star Wars mean to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, look, you know, I, 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 I grew up a very um, sort of ugly duckling, 
not, uh, you know, sort of lonely kid. And um, I think that, uh, you know, for me, I, my imagination was everything much like a lot of creatives, you know, and I'm sure all of you as well. Um, you, you weirdos, um, we're one. Um, um, and so I just remember, you know, little Bo Peep on my sheets and having conversations with her talking to my speak and spell. And I remember seeing these movies and, um, you know, drop of the hot. And I was like, that's so cool. And, you know, um, you know, these, these characters that came alive, in front of me and Princess Leia and, you know, her, her, fem, her sort of fem, feminist qualities, but also warrior spirit. And it just gave me sort of a sense of um, perhaps what could be, you know? So um, I never really thought that I would really amount to anything, to be quite honest. Um, as a kid, I just thought, um, I just... Well, you proved them wrong. Oh, thanks. I, 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 I just... You know, thank you. And when I've spoken to, to, to kids, I had a chance to, to um, I did a clothing line. I went to Appalachia in Kentucky and I, um, I went to this high school that had the poor, I, the proceeds went to the, the poorest high school there. And, you know, they, they were, had gone through so much and um, not even compared to, to sort of what I'd gone through. Um, so please bear with me. But, but when I first moved here, I talked like this law. And so people were like, you freak. And, um, and I would stand up and went, the answer is 12. And people thought I was an idiot. And so I started talking like this, because that's how I would sound less crazy. And the Valley girls would tease me. So I started talking like I was a Valley girl. And I was like, listen, and, and through, through all of this sort of bullying, I started learning to be a chameleon. And through all of this, my voice of a career started to build, right? And and, you know, simultaneously doing pageants and doing TV and all of that. But what I said to these kids was just because you've gone through pain, some of that pain, that can be your biggest moneymaker. And you could just see it on their faces. And I never knew, like, I never, I never knew that I would have Star Wars associated on my resume. I never thought that I would be on IMDb or that I'd be sitting here with you guys. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful every day for it. I really, I really am. He's bald, but yeah, true. So I am Charlotte. I'm from the Sky Talkers podcast. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for uh, answering our questions here. And I was wondering, the Bad Batch feels like it's given us a peek behind the curtain with the Kaminoans. And I was wondering if you were surprised by the direction that it has taken with all this new stuff that we're learning about uh, the Kaminoans. Yeah, I mean, I think the surprise was when they first approached me, <laughs> when I was, when they sort of said, this is sort of pitched the, the sort of the storyline. I mean, I didn't know, you know, you, you, you do a gig and you move on, you know, you do a gig, you move on. I mean, I've just been so blessed, you know, with Star Wars to, to, to have, to, to have been sort of in their family for, for, for a while, but you never take anything for granted. And so when they, um, I was beautifully surprised when they said hey here's Nala say and here's what we're thinking so I think at, at, at the top of the show as it were um sort of knowing kind of where her arc would go didn't give me everything but I had, I had a sense of where she was she was headed um was really really exciting um so um 
so yeah, I think, I think being able to, to, to play her and, and sort of, sort of, sort of reveal and, and, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, you sit with a character for so long and, and now you're, they're giving you more layers to play is, 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 is a real pleasure. So it was, it was a surprise in terms of the original pitch. And I think, um, and then these reveals like in nine and in 14, I think, um, you know, you sort of go, okay, all right. So, um, you know, let's see where the story, let's see where the story goes, but it's been, it's been really cool to be able to sort of, sort of dial her in a different way, you know? Um, and what I will say too, um, is it's cool, you know, that it's not like no one, like, you know, it's, it's, she's that, that I'm not playing an Asian woman. I'm playing a Kaminoan, you know, um, I'm played a, you know, a bounty hunter of Cato Paris city. I played a Gungan though. It's not ethnicity defined. So sometimes I do enjoy playing ethnicity defined. Sometimes I don't, but to have the, the, just sort of the, the, the palette that they've given me um, has been, has been really, really cool. Hi, uh, Michael Cohen from uh, Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Uh, thank Hi. you so much for, for answering our questions. Uh, I, I've got, uh, it's kind of a funny one here. I, I, one of my co-hosts came with it for me. I, I, this is a question for you. We, we, we can't really know like what uh, Nala Say wants for, um, for Omega. But I, uh, but for you personally, what would you want to see her fate be like ultimately? So, sort of, sort of, you know, uh, happy ending. What, like, what sort of, uh, what, what sort of a future do you see for, for the character of Omega in your heart? <laughs> oh gosh, I assume that happy ending is not an Asian joke. I forgive you for that. Um, just kidding. No one else is laughing. That's fine. I will laugh at my own joke. Um, Oh gosh. I mean, I don't want to, I want to be very careful. Um, Completely aside from any sort of uh, producerial direction. um, I do believe that there's two answers to that. I think Um, part of me feels that life is hard enough and I just want people who watch the Star Wars series um, in terms of when I watched it is to feel hope, um, to feel like there, there is a sense, there's a line in the sand about justice and injustice, um, to stand up for yourself, to fight for yourself. Um, sometimes you can be lonely, but you just have to stick to your constitution and, um, and you want things to have a happy ending. You know, you, you, you want someone to, to, to have that bond. On the other side of it, I would say, you know, in real life, for people who have been through a lot of pain or um, are just interested in in what true life can reflect, and I think that's the tapestry and nuance of 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 of, of uh, Star Wars and Lucas characters, is that no one is one thing, you know. Um, and that we all uh, struggle to be good, but can do bad things. We can be bad and do good things. We can be good and do bad things. And I don't think, um, I think two things can exist simultaneously at one time. So, um, you know, we'll have to see how the story goes, but, you know, I, I do believe that showing that you, you're, 
that we're human and that no one has to be perfect and, um, and to not be labeled, I think is, is very important. I mean, someone could say, Hey, you're a, you're an Asian, but I'm not right. But that's the perception because sometimes I have to be to carry myself a certain way. And, um, and to know that I cry over X, Y, Z, or that I've been hurt or what have you. So I think, I think this, that's why the brilliance of George Lucas and his team um, is that you're able to, to really see real life and hopefully it makes other people feel less alone and, and, and make their imagination sparkle. All right. That was our roundtable interview with Gwendolyn Yo. Like we said, it was kind of short and sweet, but uh, she gave so much <laughs> in that short amount of time. <laughs> I think you guys can tell just from listening to the audio that she uh, really knows her character well and has a lot to say about like the craft of voice acting, which I thought was really great. And it's always fun to hear uh, that side of things, the, you know, the behind the mic stories and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. And I don't know, maybe we'll have more in the future that we'll get to do. <laughs> That's not a teaser or anything. We actually don't have any more interviews lined up right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I hope we do get to do more in the future because it was really fun. And uh, we like uh, showing you guys the other things we can do. One of my favorite parts of that interview, there's two favorite parts that I have. Number one, her talking about how she was given instructions to approach Nala say from a maternal side. I find that fascinating given everything that we've learned in The Bad Batch. It makes sense. I think that we've used that terminology before, but to hear it from her was interesting. Number two, I loved hearing her talk about uh, doing accents and like portraying a gun gun and the physicality that comes into uh, being a voice actor. And I, you couldn't, it was over Zoom. And so Caitlin and I could see her, but obviously in audio, I hope that it comes through that she's talking about the way that she portrays characters. It really is physical in some points. And again, I just hope that comes through because <laughs> sometimes audio is quite limiting in that way. But if you can imagine, there was a lot of like movement, a lot of hands, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So she's just, she was a joy. So great. So, we really appreciate the time with her. And yeah, like Caitlin said, hopefully we get to do more of these in the future. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this little bonus episode for you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to talk about it, you can find us online on Twitter at Pod or our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Clarity and mine is at Caitlin Plusher. We also have our website, skydockers.com, our Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok account, all different places you can find us. And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we would really love if you took a chance to go and do that and help other people find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can head on over to Patreon and check out our different reward tiers there. Yes, and I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Alyssa, Raphael, Nora, Mike, Allison, Centara, Daniela, Tom, Hannah, Chris, Savannah, Jackson, Arazu, Kyle, and Joey. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Yeah.